The Republican campaign to censor what American school children are taught about our country's history of enslavement, white supremacy, and racism has not slowed down one bit, like, at all. Instead, it appears to be picking up steam. Florida could ban lessons about discrimination that make white students feel discomfort. Florida state lawmakers advanced a bill this week to bar both schools and private businesses from teachings or training that could make anyone feel responsible for historic discrimination. But some lawmakers warned that this bill is dangerous for both private companies and for schools. Should parents have a voice? Yes, parents should know what their children are being taught. But at the same time, you cannot distort history. We cannot turn from the facts of the things that happen. All this legislation is going to do is promote ignorance of race-related content and other content that children should know about and what children should have access to. Yes, we were not born then. Yes, you might not you weren't a part of what happened then. But that does not preclude us from being able to sit and have the tough conversations of what happened. That's it. Oh, man, it's Monday. And y'all know what that means. It's Black versus the Board of Education live on your screens. And we are ready to get the party started. Um, but before we do, uh, we want to let you know that we are talking about New Year, same shenanigans. That means we're going to be going over a few stories that we've seen the last week, and we're going to give you, our, you guys our opinions on them. So as we are waiting for our guest co-host to finally get connected, why don't we go around the room and get some introductions? Miss Jada, let me start with you. Hey y'all, I'm back. Um, hi guys, so good to be here. Um, my name is Jada. I am a homeschool junior in the Sacramento area and glad to have y'all back. Wonderful. Thank you for coming back, Mr. Uh, Hunley. I see your hands are in the air. You about to set the party off, right? Go ahead and introduce yourself. Wow, my surname. <laughs> Boy, I'm surprised. Boy, come on. <laughs> my, name, my name is Samuel. I'm in fifth grade. I'm homeschooled and I'm 11. That's really it. Okay, perfect. Well, welcome back, Miss Melissa. Go ahead. Why don't you and Kane introduce yourselves? Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa and I'm a 15 year old sophomore in the Southern California area. Hi, my name is Kane. Um, I am in third grade and I'm in, um, I'm eight years old. Okay. Perfect. Well, welcome to the party. Um, so you guys know we're going to be talking about some stories and we could not uh, just let the intro story go by us. Um, so Florida is trying to pass a law to shield whites from discomfort of racist past. Um, do they need a law for that or are they wasting time? Like, what do y'all think? Come on, Sammy. It's just like, this makes no sense. It's just this, it's basically the same thing that Condoleezza Rice said. 
We don't want to make white feet, white kids feel bad. They need to learn this because if they don't, they'll, they'll probably end up repeating the same cycle. It doesn't right. matter if they feel uncomfortable. It doesn't matter if they feel bad. I don't care. I honestly don't care. Mm. Melissa? You can take this information. Yeah, that's basically it. The problem is that white people have been comfortable. That is the entire issue that we're having. The whole reason we have this podcast is because white people are comfortable and keep repeating the same mistakes that have been made in history that have become a burden on us as black people. It isn't fair that they have a law that and a rule that will make them comfortable when us as black students and as black people are uncomfortable every single day. Jada. It's just, it's kind of funny to me how they can make all these laws for other people, you know, for the Asian people. They had a law that protected them when there was to stop Asian hate. Um, and then for white people, now they're trying to make a law to not learn about their history. But it just seems like nobody cares for black people. They have all these laws. They feel free to make all these laws and all these rules. But when it comes to us and our complaints and our, we're trying to help, like, find resolutions for us. Like, we're waiting for you guys to take black people seriously and care for us. It seems like they just, we're just like, in, they're not, we're not even in the back of their mind. They're going to have no care for us. It's just crazy how they have all these time to make laws. But when we bring the fact up, when we need laws for us, set in priority for us, it just seems like it doesn't matter. It's just, it's weird to me. Well, I mean, I, it just seems like it's par for the course. So if you look at the history of this country, they have always made laws to protect everyone else, right? And so when we're thinking about the Civil Rights Act and those were specific protections that were supposed to be put in place to um, kind of help Blacks, it's like a, to, to equal things out, separate but equal, right? Um, and then you notice, and if you were listening to the book that we just had, uh, we went over last week, he was saying that, yeah, they put the books on, the laws on the books, but they did little to enforce them. And so when you guys see things like this, and, and they're specifically talking about history, um, when you see this, what message is that sending to you? I promise you it's not a trick question. Just how little they care for us, how little we're protected in this country. Um, and I see that day to day. Like even in schools, teachers don't care about black students. I've, we've talked about that many times before. You see on these streets, police officers don't care to protect us. They just, they see the color of our skin and they immediately think threat. Like this country and it's historical, has no respect for us, no protection for us. It was never made for us. It was made against us. And so that's why the law of trying not to learn the history is because they're trying to hide from the truth. They're trying to hide from the fact that Yes, this stuff is historical and it's been carried on throughout generations and generations, but let's not learn about it because it makes us very uncomfortable. So can we not speak about it, please? Like, absolutely not. Melissa? I think the message is basically almost forget about slavery. We hear that a lot, you know, forget about all these things that have happened that are impacting you today. They want us to forget about it. And so if we forget about it, they, they won't have to teach it because we don't know what happened and we won't understand why or what is impacting us today. So it's they don't care. Yeah, and I just want to share um, it my screen. You guys, go ahead, King. Mm -hmm. Also, when um, 
I felt, um, so when we were at a protest, um, I felt scared when a police walked by because, um, they kill black people. So, Mm -hmm. um, I was a little scared. Mm -hmm. So, um, and do you, do you think that you, do you um, think that you should be scared though? Is there, is there a reason? Do you think you should be scared? Because I hear that you were scared, but do you think there's a reason you should be scared? And I'm sorry, this ad is all on my paper or this this thing and it's driving me crazy, but I can't figure out. Okay, let's see. All right, cool. But do you think you should be scared or, or do you think that you're just feel fearful for no reason? Um. Well, I was... Well, I was um, scared because um, I um, I see it and mm-hmm. and what do and you what see? Okay, okay. What, what do you George see? Okay. Went to George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Well, I thank you for sharing sharing your uh, opinion because I think that that's a real thing, right? When you see things that are constantly happening and then you go to try to live normal life, it's always in the back of your mind that something may happen to you, right? And so in talking about this, this, this bill, um, it said this bill's not for Blacks, which I, okay. Uh, this bill has was not for any other race. This bill's not for Blacks. This bill is not for any other race. This was a, I don't know if they wrote this right. This was directed to make whites not feel bad about what happened years ago, said State Senator Shervin Jones, who is Black. At no point did anyone say white people should be held responsible for what happened. But what I would ask my white counterparts is, are you an enabler of what happened? Or are you going to say, we must talk about history? And I think that, you know, <laughs> life is, is, difficult enough without adding things to it, right? Um, The fact that they know that there's so much pushback because they do want to eliminate things out of of history um, to save their egos. I mean, I think it's just same same old stuff, different year. Uh, So let's go to the next story. I want you guys to take a look at this and we will talk about it. And less than a half a mile down the road at John Rolfe Middle School, a student was taken to the hospital after her hair was set on fire. Crime insider John Burkett spoke to the student's mother tonight who says she just wants answers. A warning, some of the images you're about to see are very graphic. John? Candace, she tells me her son was in math class, but how her, her son ended up with second and third degree burns to his head isn't adding up. When I came into the school, they had the fire out, so that was good, but the burns were still there, so we had to rush them to the um, emergency room, so that's where we are. Angry and upset, a Henrico mom says she wants swift accountability and punishment for a student who did this to her son's head. That's what they reached out to me to let me know that a student had burned his hair. The eighth grader was in math class at John Roth Middle School Wednesday afternoon. Police say a lighter was used. Grand Insider sources tell me a female student flicked the lighter and the 13-year-old boy's hair quickly caught fire. Why did she have a lighter to begin with? And I'm guessing because we don't do motor, um, we don't do detect detections when they walk through the door. I guess that's in Henrico County Schools. They don't do detections, so they wouldn't be able to find that anyway. So 
I'm just, I'm just hoping that this, does, this doesn't happen to anyone else. Second and third degree burns on the side of her son's head and ear. Mom adds the humiliation factor and pain of the burns will take time to heal. And she doesn't know what led up to this. She encourages parents to speak with their children, saying actions have consequences and burning another student isn't going to miraculously go away. You can't just do that and be like, oops, I did that, and then keep on moving. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Okay. So um, I'm going to let y'all talk first, and then I will give my opinion of this. And Kane, I see your hand up. Okay, um, so first of all, why why did they have a lighter anyways? Good question. Why did a student have a lighter? And where the heck were the, 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 the teachers, the administration, when this is happening? I just, <laughs> like, it'd be one thing if it was science class. She was like, oh, my God, but what are you doing with the lighter in math? class what do you first of all first of all i want to i want to clear some things up because i don't think you guys got the accurate story so let me share the article and then let me uh let us let's go through it because they first of all i don't know who did the reporting who wrote the story but they initially said that it was a young girl um and it is a boy it says a virginia teen is facing charges after allegedly setting her classmates hair on fire allegedly right you see it okay allegedly um, the 13-year-old was taken to the hospital with burns and her mother, her again, but it's clearly a boy, her mother says he is now mentally broken. Duh. You think so? You think? Okay. The incident took place January 12th at Richmond's John Rolfe Middle School during class, according to NBC 12. It has been alleged that the girl put the other student's hair on fire, causing him to have second and third degree burns. The mother who decided not to be identified, yet she was on this news story, um, <laughs> to protect her son's privacy was told that about the incident after a school official called her on her child's phone to report the incident problem. Uh, the mother told WWBT, all I could hear the teacher say over the phone was something is happening with my son. She was told that a school resource officer was taking care of the boy until medical professionals arrived to take over. The police and the Henrico Fire Department came to the school at 12.30 p.m. and said that the student's burn injuries were not life-threatening. According to the mother, the son's math class was at lunch when he went to dispose of his lunch tray when a female classmate followed him and pulled out a lighter. That's when the girl kind of flicked the lighter and lit his hair on fire, the mother said, told the news station. The mother said that when she got to the school, she saw that her son's shoulder length hair was now burned to the scalp. The student had burns from the side of his head and covering one of his ears. She also noted that areas of his neck were scarred and blistered with burns. He was hysterical. He looked scared, said his mother, his pride emotionally and mentally broken. The mom alleges initially the school didn't want to press criminal charges against the student. However, she was adamant about receiving a measure of justice for her child. What if this was your child? What would you be? Would you be livid? Would you be devastated? How would you feel? Would you feel supported by Henrico County School, she said. On January 12th, 
the Henrico Fire Marshal's office has charged the girl with unlawful wounding. Debbie George, the school's principal, gave a statement to the to the parents about the incident. This is Miss George, principal of John Ralph Middle School. I am calling to let you know about an incident that took place in your child's science class. Nobody gets the details right. Just okay. Hmm. I'm call, uh, a student was burned by a classmate who was playing with a lighter. The injured student was taken to the hospital and re is receiving treatment. Here at school, we are reviewing the incident to ensure something like this does not happen again and taking appropriate disciplinary action as necessary. Thank you. Sam. This is ridiculous. First off, nobody can get the details right. The 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 statement, no they all these stories don't match up. They're telling the same story, but they're not matching up with the times, where it was. It's just all around they're just like changing the story slightly. Oh, science class. Oh, math class during lunchtime. It's confusing. I don't know which one. But Honestly, I feel like the student should have gotten more than just the the student that burned that burned him. He, they she should have gotten more than just unlawful wounding. She should have gotten mm -hmm. like assault mm -hmm. or attempted yeah. murder. That is mm -hmm. a that is a fire to the to the skull. Like that that's not just oh you can just put it out. That's no. Can Melissa, there's so many holes in this story. Like you said, nothing is nothing lines up with anything that's being said. At first, they were saying it was in class. Then they said at lunch when he was taking his tray to wherever. Like nothing, nothing lines up. If it was a white student, they would make sure that all the facts were there so everyone could feel sorry for them. If it was if it happened to a white student by a black student, they absolutely would have made sure that all the facts were there and straightened out and in line so everyone could feel sorry for that white student. But because it is a black student and a black boy, they don't really care who's getting it wrong. They, they said it was a girl, then they said it was a boy, then said her mother. It, nothing is lined up because it is a black student and I do not care that this, like Sam said, this is an injury to the head, which is your skull. Like this could, this will be life-changing and will affect him for the rest of his life. And because it is a black student, no one cares about getting the facts right because, because why do they, they don't have to care. It's not a student that looks like them. Yeah. Um, and, and then I, I just have to go back because the mom said that they didn't want to, the school didn't want to press charges. Is that optional? Is it optional to press charges against somebody who does this type of damage? Like I am, I, I, I look, I'm livid right now. Why was there an option? I've seen black students be put up for expulsion for getting jumped. This kid gets his hair set on fire. And they're saying, we don't, we don't know. You know, we don't, we, we don't want to press charges. What kind of foolishness is this? And let me be clear, you know, um, if I was the advocate for this child and, and this, his mother, I wouldn't have had her go on the camera. 
And I'm going to tell you why. She's too damn calm. She's too calm about the injury that her child suffered. They are so used to us going in, being calm, trying to work within the system, trying to just let people just do whatever they're doing so that we are not looked at as the angry black women. This is absolutely egregious behavior. And I think that the adults that allowed this to take place, they should be, dro they should be brought up on charges. Jada? It's just crazy to me because the description of how she was like, oh, the shoulder length hair. Now I'm looking at it and I'm like, it was like here. And now it's, it just blows my mind how they let something like this, just let it go or given an option where, well, you know, I know your son got his hair kind of burnt to the scalp, but like, we don't know if we're going to press charges or not. And the fire department pressed the charges. You notice that, right? It wasn't, it wasn't criminal. The, the fire department had to press the charges. Because even they know this is crazy. Like, you really want to let this slide? No, go ahead and press them charges because it doesn't make sense. Because if this happened to any other kid who wasn't black, and it ha I'm telling you, it would have been handled a little different, a lot different, actually. No, this Anaya? would have slid. Yeah. Anaya? I completely agree with Jada. If it, if it was any other kid, especially if it was a white kid, um, I don't even think this would have happened. Like, they... Uh, um, like if a white kid's hair got set on fire, I don't even think it would have gone this far to make it be like, well, we don't know what happened. This is what happened, but this is also what happened. No, they would have had the facts straight. They would have known all the details and charges probably would have been pressed before this, before the kid left school. Like, it, yeah. What I see just, is a common factor. So oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, what, what I see is a common factor is that whenever something happens to a black kid, it's always under investigation. Why is it always under investigation for us? Like there's there's no clear answer. Like this is an obvious answer, but it's always under investigation. And it's so dumb to me. Well, what I will say is you got a lot of idiots that's in there playing Perry Mason or that they on SVU or something. They don't have common sense, let alone deductive reasoning. And you're putting these people in positions to make determinations about someone else's future and their children and that of their children. Um, I'm I, look this type of stuff boils my blood because I'm looking at this child and, and statistics say that they believe that black children don't um, they don't experience pain on the level of other children they think that you guys are older than you actually are they think that you guys can tolerate more than you actually can and that's why you have adults like me in the community that's like nah we about to flip over some doggone tables because this is just, I, I, I just can't. And mom was like, well, why don't they have metal detectors? Fire, lighters are not metal. So even if they had metal detectors, I don't know if they would be, depending on what the type of lighter this was, and they, they're not very uh, clear on the details. I'm not sure that those would be picked up. I'm just not sure. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just absolutely just livid that one, this baby is, is gonna have this scar him for the rest of his life, that nobody took it seriously, that they were just on the fence of whether they were gonna press charges or not, yet he is walking around with scars that will probably last him his whole lifetime. And I, I just, I can not, and not I just only, can not. And not only should she have charges pressed against her, but there should be some type of disciplinary action for carrying a lighter onto school campus. 
Like, you can't carry knives. You can't carry none of that. So the fact that a lighter made it past the gates of the school. I can't even make it past the gates of my school with my phone. But she made it with a lighter. Like, what? Come on, Jada. Talk to him. Not Talk only- to him. Not only do charges need to be pressed on that student and their family, but also the people who handled this situation incorrectly. I want to talk about the mishandled, mishandled. Yes, because didn't the article say somewhere that they that the office resource officer or someone used the child's phone to contact? Yeah, it said that. Yeah, I want to talk about that because why? Where? What happened to your front office phones that you will be quick if something happens to a black student or a black student starts a fight or is even involved in a fight? You will be quick to go to the front office and get on that phone and call everybody. But when a black child is in danger, then you want to go onto the child's phone and call the mother? That doesn't make any sense. Look, <laughs> a lot of this that is going on right now None of it makes sense. None of it can be justified. How do you justify this child being wounded in this way and you didn't do anything because you didn't want to, you was worried about the other girl. The fact that they didn't say much about the other girl tells me everything that I need to know. They were ready to protect her. She's either related to somebody in the front office, her mom and dad are friends with somebody from the office, or maybe they contribute to the school or the foundation or whatever, and or she's white. That's the only thing, deductive reasoning, that's the only thing I could come up with because I see black students criminalized consistently for minor infractions. And this one, where he was wounded in this way, and you got you think you got a choice? Hell no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm gonna calm down, but that's some foolishness. All right, that was only story one, and I'm already heated. Let's go to story two. Student in the South Sound, a victim of racial slurs, and this incident was caught on camera at a basketball game in Olympia, and it already has thousands of views. Tonight, his father is speaking out, telling Fox 13 reporter Frankie Thompson that he will not be silent about the offensive behavior. The father says he comforts his son by having open conversations about the offensive racist language in that video. The superintendent here at Olympia School District says there is no tolerance for this kind of behavior. But the father says, unfortunately, this kind of thing happens often on game day. I needed to move forward uh, and, and set the example that, you know, we're not we're not going to tolerate this. Kai Steplight says racism should have no place in his community, definitely not at a high school basketball game but says that's exactly what was spewed at his 16-year-old son. A student of Capitol High School in Olympia recorded this video during a game at the school on January 17th, calling Steplight's son derogatory names as he dribbled the ball down the court. But then it got more derogatory when they started calling him a gorilla. Uh, and then you can hear the student section start to make the gorilla sounds, and then you can see some of them do the... The hand gestures. The Capitol High School student posted the video that evening and even tagged Steplight's son. He says he found out about the video from someone sending it to him, which by that time it was already circulating on social media. Steplight says he immediately turned his attention to his child. He thought they were just taunting, and I said, Well, no, there's a difference between taunting and, and then when they start talking about um, how you look and then specifically saying keywords that have been referenced, you know, as far as how to describe black people when you want to be derogatory. Though Steplight's four children are not enrolled in the Olympia School District, his kids have competed against several of the district's teams. 
He says this isn't the first time he's witnessed this behavior from OSD students and parents on game day. I kind of um, described it as a bubble. I felt like there's a lot of anger and resentment and there's a lot of issues here dealing with race and discrimination. And I think with the video bursted the bubble and because it's proof, it's not just people complaining or saying this is what's going on. It's like we can pull it up and we can see it. Superintendent Patrick Murphy says he's aware hurtful acts like this have happened before. He says when something of this nature happens in a school district or organization, we sometimes hear responsive statements that the act is not who we are or that it is not a reflection of what we stand for. I do not subscribe to those viewpoints. This incident and others like those reported are committed by those of us in this community. We are the community. Samuel? See, it just shows that the superintendent is always gonna lie to try to save their his reputation. Because he said this has never happened before. This is a one-time occurrence, which is always said when there when there is a ra when there is racial discrimination against a black person that that is recorded not just not recorded but recorded but the father's like oh this happens all the time whenever we play them oh yeah this happens all the time our players get harassed all the time because they're black mm. so that just shows that he doesn't really care about the problem he just cares about the reputation or what people think because if people don't dig too deep into it, they'll be like, oh, this is a first-time offense. They can fix this. No, this is not just a first-time offense. This is something that is reoccurring that you're, not, that you're not stopping at all. You're not taking any action for it. But the second that it goes viral and everybody knows, oh, this is not who we are. No, just stop lying. Anaya. I completely agree with everything Sam said. It's like the principal or the superintendent, whoever sent out that statement saying, this is not who we are, this is not what we stand for. It's just at that point, it covers your tracks. And even if the dad is saying, like, I've heard this many times from this school in this school district, then how, how many times have that, has that excuse been used? Like, that sorry oh, excuse huh? been used. Exactly. And also, I'm wondering if the kid who the video got sent to him, um, the kid who received the video who they were making fun of him um, on the court who's dribbling the basketball down, if they have a social media, I'm wondering has this happened before in the past? Like, how have they harassed him if they have harassed him? Like, I'm pretty sure, obviously, this is not the first time, but I'm wondering what else have they done to him if they have a social media and they sent him personally the video? Yeah. Yeah. Jada? I'm just going to say, this is white privilege at its finest. They don't want to teach history or in their critical race theory because they don't want to make white people uncomfortable, but they can let this slide. I It's just, you don't want to make white people uncomfortable, but it's okay if they can shout racial slurs at us on the basketball court. Like, that's appropriate. Talking about, oh, it's never happened. This isn't who we are. Obviously, it has happened because they felt like they really could in a public space, too. In a public space. Like, it's crazy to me. Millie? I've been to basketball games and football games and 
it's natural to want to talk down on the other team, but it stops at some point. There is some point when even if it's one person, everybody's going to look at that one person and be like, you cannot say that. So it's it's obviously happened before. And I want to go back to what Sam said, talking about how the dad even said this has happened before, but it never got this bad. The fact that you let your child stay on the team and did not take any further action, something else needed to be done if this has happened before. Yeah. And also, um, words like that, um, they have been used um, to talk about um, slaves. And um, I just think that's not okay at all. You know, and, and the thing that really ticks me off, I hate boilerplate language. Every time one of these incidents happen, it's always, this is not who we are. No, 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 boo. This is exactly who you are. Exactly who you are. And the fact that we have parents, I'm sorry, parents, 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 who allow their children to be subjected to this type of treatment. Take your kids out of the sport. Take them somewhere where they will be loved and adored for their talents, not where people will use them. And then after this, after the doggone season is over, discard them like they are trash. I am so sick of them lording this over our children's heads as if they just have to put up with this treatment because this is part of playing on sports teams. Our children are the only ones who have to deal with this foolishness. And I'm going to say it that way. And I, I know that there may be people of other ethnicities that have some sort of something happen to them, but this egregiousness, this whole monkey business, at some point, this needs to be categorized as hate crime because you got adults in the stands doing it as well as their old funky children. And somebody has to say that. They're getting it from somewhere. When did we start ejecting people out of the stadium or out of the games who do this? What are they really going to do? Or are we going to keep talking about it and you keep telling me this is not who you are? It's ridiculous. I, I, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. And then when you have things like this happen or other things like this happen in the community and you go to you know the school board meeting and, and you get on public comment, and then, you know, you say everything you need to say and you think people are listening and then you get notices like this. Where they lost all the public comment. Everything taking them to task for their inadequacies and their failures and their, their ineptness. When do we start holding these people accountable? Because we can do our part. We can show up to these meetings, but we're not in charge. At least not yet. So what do we do? How do we hold them accountable? What do you guys think? How do you hold them accountable? Samuel, you got your hand up? Anaya, somebody speak to me. How do you hold people accountable when they have the authority to just wipe out public comment so nobody can hear just how incompetent they are. So basically you would have to 
have your own type of recording system so that you can also capture it and have that in, in your computer personally so that they can't just delete it and then it's all gone. You have to maybe screen record the whole meeting so that they don't try to slide it under the table if, if they were getting completely blasted they can just slide on the table and say, oh, we, lo we lost the recordings. We lost, we lost recordings, so I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what we're supposed to do. I'm sorry. And so, I want to know what their punishment is for losing recordings since it was a public meeting and that was the only venue that we could voice our opinions was on Zoom. So what is their punishment for losing the recording? This is just ridiculous. Come on, Jada, I saw you come off mute. And it's and dumb Melissa. how... It is dumb how we'd have, have to even take those steps like screen recording the entire meeting to hold them accountable for their incompetence. Like that's a lot of work. Like we should be putting in the work, but we shouldn't have to because you guys should be doing what you're supposed to do. Like it's dumb. It... Yeah, I was going to say the same thing that Jada said. Like we shouldn't even have to take these extra steps because we're given these spaces and they tell us that these are our safe spaces and we can come and say what we need to say to try and get things changed. But then you lose all of our footage when we're telling you what we need. That doesn't make any sense. So I, we're going to have to start screen recording our meetings and, you know, doing what we need to do to be able to get our voices heard, even though these are supposed to be spaces where we're allowed to talk. My thing is, okay, so you, you lose our footage. So what does that mean? You didn't hear our complaints. You didn't hear our wants. You didn't hear our needs. It's kind of like, it's an excuse for them to lose those. Well, we didn't hear, we, we lost the thing. So, you know, we can't really talk, like fix whatever problem you said. Cause we kind of lost the footage. My bad. Like, it's okay. I read it. I wrote it down for you. Here you go. I'll email them to you. And somebody, <laughs> somebody gets fired because whose job was that to record the meeting and then post it to wherever it needs to be posted. Who someone needs to be fired because how did you lose exactly 110 minutes? You know the exact 110. <laughs> you know the exact point of the footage you lost. You need to be fired. And this is the thing, and I, I want you guys to understand something. So this is the fourth year that I've been coming in front of El Grove Unified. They know very well what the problems are. Um, they know that they've been inadequate in solving those problems. They've been inactive. And really what they got taken to task about is their inactivity. Um, and also, um, I know that I sent an email over to the president who is now the president of the board. She sent me to the superintendent and basically explained me or described me as an angry black woman. She's never had a conversation with me. Um, and so I let her know during that meeting that I sent the email to you, do not send me to Chris, your superintendent. If I wanted to talk to him, I would text him or email him or call him. I don't wanna to talk to him, I wanna to talk to you. And if you are who you say you are and you are concerned about students in this district, then you'll meet with me. Now that got lost, I wonder why. Come on, Sam, what you saying? So I'm, I'm gonna say how the the first amendment right of speech oh you wanna you wanna pull that card for white people when they're saying all types of racist stuff but when black people just try to just try to say basic things like i want equality oh and then they reveal your dark your dark secrets that you've had all these racial issues but you don't want to address them instantly you're Instantly we're suppressed. Instantly, oh, somehow all this footage is gone. 
No, mm -hmm. it's purposely deleted and suppressed so that that message doesn't get out. Mm. Right, like like white people will preach freedom of speech and I can say whatever I want to you if it's something racist towards us. But the minute we want to even talk about what we need, then suddenly we aren't allowed to talk and our footage gets deleted. Like what happened to freedom of speech? Didn't you just say that yesterday? That you can call me whatever, whatever because you have freedom of speech. But when I wanna tell you what I need, I suddenly can't talk anymore. They always use that. They're like, oh, I don't know why you're punishing me. I just freedom of speech. This country made it allowed for me to have freedom of speech. But we can be shot at during uh, Black Lives Matter protests and all these other things. It's crazy. Wow, okay. And this is a free country. They love to say this is a free country, but we have this entire podcast. No, their excuse is you're not in you're not slaves anymore, so technically you're free. Okay. Are you sure about that? Okay. <laughs> um, to touch on the footage being lost, I honestly think they're deleting it to make us go crazy, to make us look crazy. Because if we say yeah. no, I said this, this, and that, they look oh. In the footage, you didn't say it. No, no, you didn't say it. It's not here. We don't have it. Gaslighting us to think, what am I doing wrong? When in reality, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just them and their problems. Or yeah, and they, they said it was lost due to technical reasons. They were technically embarrassed. That's mm. what it was. Technically and embarrassed. I want to add on to what Anaya said. Or they could be doing it to discourage us from coming back and talking about what we need to. Nope, we'll be back. <laughs> right we'll be there but there are people who would get discouraged by that and wouldn't want to come back because oh the footage was lost everything i said there is lost that means it means nothing so they wouldn't want to go back but that's why we need so many more students who students and people who are inside of these situations and see it from the outside and see it from all perspectives and come and bring and speak our minds because this is what they're trying to do make us not come back into these places where change needs to happen and if we and what, need to start what i want y'all to do is get ready to for the next board meeting and you call in too that's what i need i need y'all to find your friends because y'all know what's going on in these schools and have them call in too come on jada what were you saying and i said if, and if we need to start emailing our complaints and our needs and our wants that we were going to discuss in the school board meeting then we can do that so that we can make sure oh we lost the footage it's okay i sent that email you have the email right oh you deleted it it's okay i saved the copy i got one just for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and there's some people who write their stuff down so i believe there were some folks who kept their emails and they did send them over and i think uh something's gonna be done with those but I'm one of those free freestylers, you know. I just like what I'm talking about. I'm listening to somebody else. Make sure I don't cover what they cover because you only get three minutes, so there's no reason to repeat what's already been said. Uh, yeah. Sometimes that's that. that. Sometimes that is true, but I feel like sometimes they cut us off like on purpose. They'll be like, "Oh, three minutes is up. Sorry, no more saying." No, but this is the thing too. Listen, I was the first one to submit my public comment that I wanted to talk. How do I know I was the first one? Because I told them the link was broken. Because I told them the link was broken, they fixed the link and sent me the link. I was the first person to send in that I wanted to talk. They did not call me, and I don't think they were going to call me until I texted the superintendent, emailed the freaking person over communications and one of the board members that, uh, and, and attached her email that said, oh, your comment came through last night. So why am why are you not calling me? Come on now. Come on. It's part of the game. Just know it's a sprint. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I'm built for this. 
and I'll be back next time. But we got we got a couple more things. You want to say something, Kane? I'm gonna go to you real quick, and then we got one more story, or maybe two more. Come on. Okay. Um, I just want to say they wanted to lose it. No, they lost it because they wanted to lose it. Come on, Kane. Tell them. Tell them again. Say that again. Say it again. They lost it because they wanted to lose it. Come on now. You were absolutely right. And and if it happens again, there should be some type of punishment because once is a oh my bad okay let it happen again. Then we really finna ride y'all because twice is too much. Don't even let it get to three. This isn't baseball. This isn't <laughs> and you know it. they got money to get new technology. They have the money. If you need to upgrade your technology, go to Best Buy, right there. Uh, oh, and they got a bunch of money because they got them COVID funds that they they don't want to put black uh, supports for black students, even though they're number one in the state for disproportionate discipline. But we're not going to even get on that. We we just go woo, woosa. All right, I got I, I got one more kind of. I don't want to call it negative, but it ain't the happy stuff. We'll we'll end on a happy note. But I got one more story for y'all that needs some attention. Here you go. Can one person really solve the race problem at school? CBS 13 Shante Passmore, live from Sac City Unified's headquarters, trying to get answers. Shante? Well, that's the question. Attorney Mark T. Harris will oversee two internal investigations involving racism at the district. His mission to bring transparency and accountability. And for one West Campus administrator involved in one of those cases, she's hoping to see that. A cloud of scrutiny hovers over Sac City Unified School District. In 2021, the district received a deafening outcry over its handling of racism. Last summer, CBS 13 received a recording of a Kit Carson International Academy teacher using the N and F words in class. A few months later, Dr. Elise Verscher says her family became targets of racist and violent threats. Since going on medical leave, she tells me it hasn't ended. Students at West Campus are still posting things about me and my family on social media. She sent a screen grab of someone posting her family's picture online with a monkey holding a banana. Months after the harassment began, she wants to know what's being done. Mark T. Harris is the district's first race and equity liaison. He tells me he plans to instill transparency and confidence into the two high-profile cases. And then encouraging the district to take the necessary disciplinary steps once it is determined who's responsible, both at Kit Carson and at West Campus. But community leaders say the appointment doesn't go far enough. We're putting a Band-Aid on cancer. Activist Barry Axias says the original demands included students be punished and the West Campus case. They also asked for more training, hiring of more black educators, and support for black student unions. The district tells me it already implemented mandatory anti-racism training, and it's working to improve the culture at schools. Meanwhile, Dr. Verscher isn't sure if she'll return to the school. I think after experiencing this, I don't know if I have the capacity. I don't know. And Harris tells me he understands people want to see accountability, but there are several investigations underway as we speak, including a criminal one at the West Campus involving that case. We're learning the first witness from there has been interviewed just December 31st. So his message tonight, be patient. Be patient. Just be patient. And Barry was supposed to join us on the show today, and he is having problems connecting to us. But if you saw his comment, he said they can't lock him out forever. <laughs> Kane, you got your hand up. What is it? Um, I just, for clarification, did this um 
happen to another student or to a teacher? So the incident, one of the incidents that is under investigation, it happened in the classroom with students uh, where she wrote the N-word on the, on the board and she said that it's not a big deal because it's, it's okay now to say that word. Um, the other one, um, the students targeted this particular administrator. Um, and the students also came out during the press conference saying that this is not the only incident going on on campus um, and that, you know, they needed certain supports to be put in place. Additionally, what I will say about that press conference, uh, the principal who had been kind of letting these, these complaints go and really siding with the parents over uh, the VPs, what, what did I tell you the VPs responsibilities were? Disciplinary action. Okay. So the VPs are responsible for discipline. And so she would make a decision and this principal would come behind her and overturn it, um, putting her in a bad position, okay? So that's what we're talking about. And they go after months of investigation, I believe this Kit Carson incident happened in the summer. Um, this other one happened at sometime in September. Now it's December and now they're hiring someone to come on in and just make it all right. What say you? Come on, Tammy. Like, bro, per, I just think they're just trying to cover themselves. Like, one person isn't going to fix everything. One person. Like, not even Martin Luther King could fix everything. He's just one man. And... That's that's their scapegoat. Oh, we we have a person that can do that is changing our culture. No, we have a black person. Mm, but always one, one, one black person isn't going to change the whole culture because you need you need a serious culture change and a complete washing of everything in that school that school district to actually change the culture. As well as uh, the case with the administrator, the point of that, what the students were doing was to, to try to break her, to try to mm. beat her down, make her feel bad, attack family. And, and it seemed like it worked because she's not going to come back to school. Mm. She, she's, she's, she's just fully sat, just mad. And angry and then just sad mm. because she's getting attacked by students she doesn't even know probably students she doesn't even know just because of the color of her skin mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i see kane had his hand up and then jada will come to you kane what did you want to say um the girl who um said it's okay to say the n-word um the teacher the teacher the yeah teacher. she was wrong because it, it's not it never has been, and it never will be okay for you to say it because the, right. people do not understand the history behind that word. And I feel like we need to do a podcast episode on that or something because okay. it constantly gets taught, gets said by all these people. And then when we react to it and say, you cannot say this, then we get backlash on that for trying to protect this and trying to educate people on the history behind it and why it is a derogatory word, why it is a slur and why it's not okay for people to say it. So that was a good point, Kane. Mm -hmm. Jada? 
I feel like they put her in the school to be the face of diversity and acceptance. Come on, Jada! Accept her, and they're doing, and I feel like they're letting these things pass so that she would leave. So it's like, well, we didn't fire her. She wanted to leave. Like, we didn't hmm. kick her out. She chose to leave. So technically, we're not the bad guy here. Like, we accepted her, and she left. I don't know what's happening. Huh? Okay. Anaya? Yeah. Um, I don't think... Like, yes, one person can make a change, but it's not up to one person at the end of the day to try to change everything. And it really makes me upset when, like, these Black educators who are for Black students and Black people in general, they leave the district and it's always like, well, if you feel uncomfortable, leave, then nothing's getting better. Nothing is changing. If I stay here and try to make a change, maybe it'll be better for me and future generations. But it's just like, for her to not want to come back to school and for her family and herself to be personally attacked, getting pictures of her and her family together and putting that emoji over it, it's like, these students need to be held accountable for one. Because at that point, I feel like that's just stalking. Because why I got pictures of me and my family for? That's weird. Mm. And yeah. just, obviously, it's weird for just for them to just be doing that. Like, why do you feel the need to do that? Your privilege is showing. Obviously, we see you have privilege. We see you know you have privilege. You see, we see that you know you can make somebody feel a type of way, but does that give you power? Like, you're not going to be in that school forever. Why mm. do you feel the need to make such a lasting impact on somebody when in five years it's it's going to be not even on their mind, the kids' minds? Who did that to her? It's just, like, mind-boggling. Like, I can't wrap my mind around some why somebody would even do that to somebody else. Yeah. And and, like, and go ahead, Melissa. I was just, I like what Jada said, how they made her the sole person who was going to be in there to represent diversity. They let her be the only person in there. They hired the one black person. So she would crumble under the pressure because this is not, this can't be the first time that these kids have done something. They know what's wrong with their kids. They let her put her in an unsafe environment, unsafe physically and unsafe mentally. They put her mm -hmm. alone in this environment. So she would have no one to go to, no one to turn to. So she would crumble under the pressure and then leave. So they could say, Oh, well, we did have a black VP or whoever we did have black staff at the school but they left so it looks good on them so they can say that they had some sort of diversity when really you put her in here and are treating her extremely badly by putting her in an unsafe environment and there's no accountability because like I said the principal was at the press conference he refused to come and answer questions he didn't have to he didn't have to so um, you know, when, when my, first of all, my heart goes out to Dr. Versher, because I know that, you know, over the years, racial targeting ha has a specific um, effect on black folks, right? Um, especially folks who are just thinking that they're doing the right thing, they're doing their job, and then to be targeted in this way, because of a dress code, which I know that black girls are disproportionately impacted by dress codes. So I don't know what everybody's up, up in, in a ruckus about. Um, but just the fact that she even has to remove herself from such a toxic environment, I'm just saying she's going to need restitution for that. So Sac City should get ready to pay her. That's what I feel. Since you couldn't control your staff, your inept principal, these badass kids, I said it, since you couldn't control them, then you should have to pay for it. And And I don't think that any outside monitor, independent monitor or whoever, 
who hasn't been privy to everything going on can come in uh, like a white knight on a horse and, and save everybody. Like, mm -mm, I don't believe that. But that's just my two cents. Um, and and it's, it's, this is pervasive. It's not just at Sac City Unified School District. It's happening at Elk Grove Unified. I got two complaints here from teachers, even though I do K through 12 students. I got two complaints from teachers with the same experience, although they are not um, administrators because most of the administrators from Elk Grove have bounced out. The ones that are, are behind, uh, are, that are left behind, they're left behind for a reason. I'll just say that. Um, and so, you know, we are we are almost out of time. We have about four minutes left. I want to thank y'all for just being your incredibly beautiful black selves. You guys are amazing to me. Uh, but I have one more story we'll talk about it and then we'll head on out. Check this out. My name is Travis Wilson and I'm going to go step down on the court at some time in the first quarter. I'm going to shoot some hoops, try to win some money for BYLP. I'm feeling electric. I'm here. It's Golden One Center. I just have to go down, hit a couple baskets, win some money. It's going to go to a good cause for some good people. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, feeling lucky, feeling like tonight's the night. y'all didn't know we are a whole mood shout out to cousin Trav for hitting <laughs> hitting that those shots and uh getting us ten thousand dollars to go in our coffers so that we can support the students uh with some directed resources so we definitely want to send a shout out to cousin Trav we want to thank golden one and the uh, the golden one center and the sacramento kings for giving us the opportunity to roll through in our whole mood show them jada Roll through in our whole mood hoodie, hoodies that were designed by uh, cocky uh, clothing, uh, Mr. Kwame, uh, and uh, we just want, we're just grateful. We're absolutely grateful that uh, yeah we had a blast, and we're just grateful for the opportunity. So shout out to Golden One and, and the Sacramento Kings and Cousin Trav for for just making our night and uh, giving us something to come home and brag about because we are indeed a whole mood. <laughs> And I know that some folks keep asking us about those uh, those designs, and I'm going to see if we can work with uh, Mr. Kwame and see if we can get some uh, to in office so that we can uh, send those out to y'all or he can send them out to y'all, however we do it. But uh, we are just incredibly, you know, just in awe of, of the favor, because <laughs> favor ain't fair. Um, so with that, y'all, you know, we got a couple of minutes. Um, I just want to know, does anybody have, uh, so we, oh, see, I was about to go somewhere and I didn't need to. Um, so Black History Month is coming up. Black History Month is coming up. We're going to celebrate the whole month long with BVBOE. Uh, we're going to make sure that we start pushing out some content, get our folks involved. We want to make sure that students who want to guest co-host on our podcast that month, um, we can invite them in and, and embrace them and hear some some more opinions on things that are going on in our communities. If you have any things that you want us to have, you can email us at bvboe at bylp.org. If you have any type of type or any type of content or topics you want to put forth, 
uh, we want to make sure that we we vet those and get ready to present those. So, um, man, it's it, it's gonna be lit. Black History Month with BVBOE right here on Facebook and YouTube. So with that, if uh, nobody else has anything, we're gonna hit y'all with the wave. We're gonna see something. You Oh, you do. I'm sorry, girl. You gotta, you gotta just jump in there. Come on. Sorry. Okay. So I, um, I think I will be working with Elk Grove Unified School District to be on the social justice project. So if anybody like making a change in school to black students, so if anybody wants to give me any like suggestions on what they would like to see different, yes, Miss Lorraine, you can also please give me suggestions because you know I need you. Um, just you know, let Miss Lorraine know. She'll let me know please. And then, yeah, because I'll be working. I think I'll be coming back and working with them to, you know, reimagine schools for Black students um, in Elk Grove Unified School District. Tell them, they could, tell them they could start with some directed resources. They got an achievement gap problem. They need to put some money into that. They okay. got a racism problem. They got a disproportionate discipline problem. It's going to take some of them COVID funds to start to address that. And we need directed resources. They know what it is. If they forget, tell them to go and look at the different board me meetings that we've been out and we've absolutely laid it out for them. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll work with you. They don't, they, listen, they don't want you to work with me, but I'll work with you. I know. Uh, <laughs> Melissa, you starting a whole BSU where you are, like you said you would. We love it. Love to see it. Um, let's see. Jada uh, went, did an audition yesterday. She's going to be part of what? What, what did you make it? What you make I made it? it on SAC Dance Academy, y'all. At SAC Dance Lab downtown, Sacramento. Hey. First of it. all, that's not downtown. That's over it by Calif. Oh, guys, don't, don't okay. tell me. Look it up. Look it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then let's see. Who else? Uh, Didi is out today because she's taking her driving test. Shout out to Didi, who's going to get her license and, and stop. Uh, asking her mama for rides and then Jada passed her permit test. Hallelujah. And uh, we're going to put her on the road too so I can stop carting her around. Uh, let's see. Who else? Who else? And, and what happened? Pick you, pick you up? That's what you said? You know, I'll, I'll <laughs> drive down to LA and be like, Millie, I'm at your door. <laughs> yeah, she's not, do she not doing that. We're going to fly. But anyway, uh, we're going to hit y'all with the wave. We're going to see you next week uh, right here on Facebook and YouTube. We are Black versus the Board of Education. Hit them with the wave, y'all. We'll see you later.